Lonesome Crowded Quest's cantankerous crew filters no speech, reigns in no deeds. We rouse rabble, and we make even grown elves blush. See our episode descriptions for content warnings. Mature listenership advised. Episode 5, Ashmail's a Letter, Part 2. Douglas C. Bamford, Governor of Mercia, has seized control of Hereford in the wake of the unrest in New Litchfield and the death of Rupert Collins. Not one to miss an opportunity, Bamford has also framed Collins' death as a brutal assassination carried out by Clutch, Ash, and Josephine. Being at the top of the colony's most wanted list makes it difficult to carry out day-to-day errands, like squandering stolen money or mailing a letter. And so our outlaws have fled, hoping to stay ahead of the news from Mercy on New Litchfield and find a bit of respite and a post office. Thousands of people, all of them turned, looking at you, gasping. Plastered on the walls of every building surrounding you is your likeness on huge banners, tens of feet long. In the center of the square rises up a great five-sided tower, and at the top, looking down at you, is Bamford, the governor. Get them alive if you can! But I'll take them dead. I put my disguised head in my disguised hand, then look up and glare at my companions. Could have been more clandestine. Hey! Hey! It, it's them! It, it's these two! People are gonna <gasps> start to turn and look. Oh my god. It's them! It's them! The call starts to come up as people right next to you realize you're just standing there. Let's be honest, neither of you are exactly subtle. Esh, you may make a stealth check. I will also accept deception if you desire. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be a fucking 24 on my deception check. You just back into the crowd, but you guys are very unique looking. There's a (gasps) gasp, people are yelling, pointing, freaking out, backing away from you. And I need you all to roll for initiative. I have a 14. I have a 15. A 13. Everybody is looking around you. Everybody looks scared and concerned. But you look around and you can see guards pushing through the crowds. I lean over to Clutch. See you on the other side. And then I'll start shoving my way through the crowd. I'm looking for a way to get up and above this mass of people. Roll a perception check. That's a five. You desperately push your way through the crowd running as fast as you can to the walls of the buildings on the side of the square. You look back and see guards fighting their way through the crowd, but you're able to more deftly duck and weave through the tangle and jungle of bodies and hands, some trying to hold you back as you make your way. 
Finally, you're able to push back one last indignant arm and reach the side of a brightly colored building with huge windows. It is Esh's turn. Esh, what are you going to do? I'm going to calmly, quietly walk in the direction, vaguely, that Josephine's walking in. I'm going to use prestidigitation to make the loudest explosive sound I can in the opposite direction as humanly possible. Got it. Roll deception. A, 21. There's a boom, an explosion. People scream and turn to nothing. The guards are kind of pushed backwards as people run out of the way trying to get to the exits. You have bought a round for your team. Clutch, it is your turn. Instinctively, I grab for my whip and I unfurl its 16-foot length with a hurried slap. I'm going to rush the crowd to see if I can make it to the nearest building with a banister. It's going to take your turn to get there. I am going to need you to make an athletics check to push through the crowd. Nine. That is not enough. Josephine, you were able to push forward and get to the wall. Clutch, however, you can't get by. People are yelling, pushing, trying to get away from this loud explosion sound. Is a wall and a mass of moving people, and you just don't have the strength that Josephine has. The guards are pushing people out of the way and getting closer. They've been knocked back, but they're not away forever. You say you've got, ooh, in two more turns, they will get to you, almost certainly. Top of the round, Josephine. I am selfish, so I'm going to keep running, and I'm climbing the building. Make an athletics check. That's going to be a 21. I grab the top of the door frame and pull myself up until I am balancing carefully on top of the lintel. From there, I will leap and grab hold of the second story window, pulling myself up once again to balance within the window frame. I'll wedge my feet on either side of the window and push myself up until I am high enough that I can make a little hop and grab the third story window. And from there, I will pull myself all the way up onto the roof. You see a sea of clay shingled roofs spreading out before you. And beyond that, it trails off into the desert. All right, Ash, it is your turn. So even from my low vantage point, I can see that Clutch is headed towards that balustrade. So I'm gonna try to sneak through the crowd and head in that direction. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You don't even need a stealth check. Nobody is looking at you and you're small. However, you do need stealth or acrobatics check to avoid being trampled. There are people everywhere yelling, trampling all over, trying to get out and away from the two dangerous fugitives. Oh, that's only an 11. That's enough. You are just barely able to get out of the way of the people trampling and screaming, but you are able to get to the side of the building. What are you going to do now? I'm going to press to digitate a gunshot on the opposite side of the courtyard to cause a little more commotion. I'm going to lace my fingers together, crack my knuckles, make a little finger gun, whisper, bang. Yeah, deception again. And that's nap 20. Yeah, the shot of a gun flies out. People are screaming now. The guards are having a very hard time. You bought yourself one more round. Clutch and Josephine. The soldiers have had a hard time fighting through the crowd to get to you, but some of them have reached the buildings, kicking in the doors and running up the stairs after you, Josephine. You can hear them yelling. She's on the roof! She's on the roof! How the fuck did she get up there? The dragon's against the building! The dragon's over there! Get them! And you can see others in other buildings climbing up, not the side of the roof, but going in and up the stairs through the windows. All right, Clutch, it is your turn. What are you going to do? I know my only chance of getting out of here is to scale up out of the mess of this frenzy. So, again, I'm strategically pressing toward the closest wall. Acrobatics. 
19. This time, you're starting to realize that they're closing in. You're panicking. Esh has probably saved your life. You elbow people out of the way, push your way. Having made space, I crack my whip. Roll to attack with the whip. 19. 19. That hits. It wraps around the railing of the balcony. So you just pull yourself up to the balcony, and you see Josephine up there looking down on you from the roof. Are you going to keep going? Shit. I can't keep going yet. This Governor Bamford has positioned us so badly. I crack my whip to capture the crowd's frantic attention and say, We showed up here today to declare ourselves innocent. Yesterday, we saw the most vulnerable New Lichfeldians show greater strength and courage than the most protected and strongest among them in order to preserve their right to rest, to defend each other. All of you can do the same. Consider who has the most to gain from the fall of New Lichfield. People stop, and there's somewhat of silence around the squares. People look up at you in mild awe, fear. Give me a performance or persuasion check. That would be a 13 persuasion. People seem to calm down, and there seems to be a a second of whispering. People looking confused, concerned, but also some people, Ash, you definitely notice, look like something has been confirmed in their minds. And then, bam! Suddenly you feel a blinding pain in your leg as it gives way from underneath you. You fall back and look up towards the center of the square to see Bamford smiling, his eyes almost glowing with triumph and the barrel of his gun smoking. Then his voice booms across the square, magically enhanced by some spell. And that is what happens when you mess with my city. Clutch, you take 18 points of damage. Ah, I turn. Blood seeping, ready to run. Fuck! Yikes! That was was a lot lot of damage. Yeah, it was a crit. Ignoring clutch below me, I finish climbing up to the roof so that I can make my escape across the rooftops. You hoist yourself up over the lip of the building and sprint across the sea of red shingled roofs, jumping across small alleyways from one building to the other. You look behind you and see soldiers in their blue uniforms swarming onto the buildings, shooting errant shots as you fly away from them. You turn around just in time to skid to a halt. Three stories below you runs a bustling street, the nearest red shingled roof 20 feet away. My strength score is 17, so I can make a running long jump of 17 feet. Can I make an athletics check to see if I can make the leap? Your feet won't land, but you might be able to catch yourself. Give me an athletics check. That's what I'm aiming for. Sweet! That is a 22. As the soldiers close in on you, you take a running leap, flying over the street, and smash into the lip of the building, your hands desperately grabbing at the brick shingles as they loosen and give way. Finally, you're able to grab hold of the side just in time to haul yourself back up. All right, Ash, it's your turn. Do I see at the edge of the crowd in any way, shape, or form any horses? You do. There definitely appears to be a large stable on one side, a very official-looking stable. And next to what you see looks like the post office. God damn it. There seems to be several horses and a cart ready to go outside of the stable. 
Well, that seems eerily convenient, I whispered to myself. I'm going to do everything in my power to get to that stable. Give me a acrobatics check or stealth. That's going to be a fucking four. You get there, but not before you get stepped on, trampled by the amount of people trying to get out of the way of the almost certain gunshot that went off a little while ago. That's going to be 11 points of damage as you get knocked down to the ground whacking your head before you're able to get up. There's kind of blood running down the side of your face. Not that anyone can see it underneath the illusory face you have up. But eventually you pull yourself to the cart. All right, Clutch, it's your turn. What are you going to do? (coughs) Well, that was rude. And then I'm just going to run. You run past the two women in dresses and the dwarf kind of staring up at you, mouths agape. You run to the opposite side of the house, pull open the window, and below you there is the street, uh, a little over ten feet down. You can make an acrobatics or athletics check to take no damage on the way down, if you want. Or you can just try to run down the stairs, but that'll take longer. Same deal. Over the other side and down. I'm going to belay off my whip. There's no other way I'm doing this. I am in a shit position health-wise. I'd like not to have any further damage. Make a attack roll. 19. You snap your rip around the banister for the stairs and then drop down onto the street, shake it loose, and then start running. This street is considerably less full and you're able to push past people all over the place. People mutter and look at you shocked and you can hear guards yelling somewhere, but they're not on you yet. Josephine, you are finally on the other side of the gap and starting to pull yourself up to the other side of the roof looking for a way down. It's the soldiers' turns. Most of them are going to look at the sizable gap between you and them and raise their rifles, but one of them... A young elf with bright amber eyes, no older than 40 or 50, stands back as if he plans to jump. No, no, uh, no, no, don't, don't do that! He leaps, and he rolls a 11. That is a failure. He hits the side of the building, but just a little bit lower than you are. His hands reach desperately at the brick shingles, but they give way under his weight, and he starts to fall. Help! Help! I'm falling! He says to you, his hand outreached. I lunge forward, grabbing a hold of his wrist as he starts to fall, hauling him back up onto the roof. I pull his face close. Let me give you a piece of advice. You are not paid enough for that kind of heroics, all right? I stand up and turn to leave. Wait! You saved my life. That is important for my people. Here, come here. Come here. This has been in my family for six generations. I want you to have it. He pulls out a small platinum figurine and hands it to you. Oh. Thanks. I pocket the figurine and then I'll look down at him again. You know, never would have worked between us. But I still would have liked to go to dinner. I'll pat him on the cheek and then I'll stand up and look across the way at the guards who I assume are staring in awe of me. I'll take off my hat give them a sweeping bow 
and then I'll turn and run away across the rooftops. Esh, what are you going to do? I clamber into the cart, fully invisible, pick up the reins and snap them as hard as I can so I can bring these horses to a gallop. As soon as I crash through the crowd and I'm out of harm's way, I'm going to drop my invisibility. Looking around, I'm going to pick up the disguise of an average halfling worker. A shoddy vest, a linen shirt, some worn out shoes. Um, I'm going to scan the rooftops looking for Josephine and Clutch and peer through alleyways and maybe even some open windows to see if I can catch sight of my friends. It takes you a few minutes of riding through the city, but you do see them. You pass a small alleyway to your left. Up above, you can see Josephine just starting to clamber down a gutter. And in the alleyway below, you can see Clutch stumbling. They trip and slam into a dumpster, falling to the ground before slowly picking themselves up again, blood running down their leg and onto their naked, clawed feet. Seeing my wounded and addled teammates, I'm going to anxiously snap the reins again to bring the horses to a halt as fast as I can. Peering down the alleyway, I'm going to cast message. Guys! Guys! I'm already here! I'm halfway in the cart! I know you're bleeding, but let's hurry! I close the distance. I finish sliding down the gutter and trot down the alleyway, helping Clutch pick themselves up and half carrying, half dragging them towards the cart. Oh, yeah, no, I, uh, I did get hit. And if I'm going to be honest with both of you, it feels pretty bad. Does it, does it look bad? I quick peel away some of the cloth of Clutch's pants leg to take a look at the wound. Uh... That's fine. You're fine, Clutch. That's totally... You're going to be great. Uh, don't look at it. All right? No, I said don't look at it. Clutch, oh. come on. Every time you say that. Okay. All right. Guys, c- c- hurry. I haul Clutch into the cart and then climb up behind them. As soon as my two teammates are up into the cart, I strap down uh, the canvas in the back of the cart over Clutch to hide them climb back into the driver's seats, snap the reins, and try to get out of town as fast as I possibly can. You fly towards the gates. You're going too fast for people to really react. People are just screaming, trying to get out of the way as you slam down different streets. You have a vague idea of where you're going. You saw a map from earlier. And finally, you come to the gates. These are big stone walls erected with an old portcullis that has been raised. You blow past the guard contingencies and out onto the plain. Before you stretches a sea of gray. Endless fields long since harvested, leaving nothing but dirt and dust. The land reaches out all the way to the horizon, which is muddied and blurred, shimmering in the heat that bears down on you in the dry air. Ahead of you, you see the road forks, with a sign pointing three directions. Back towards you, where it says Lyon. To the left, where it says Lubeck. To the right, where it says Taylor's Junction. Oh, shit! Taylor's Junction! You you guys, uh, we change of plans. We are back to the original schedule. Uh, 
hate to say it, but we've got an errand to run. I throw the tarp off of us and sit up. An errand to run? Where are we going? We are going to go finish mailing my letter. I know this sounds ridiculous, but I think we can still make the post before it closes today. So, uh, that's what we're doing. How far out is this post office? Where is this post office? Two or three hours? Not too bad. Two or three hours? Ash, that's not far enough. We need to get out of here. We can't stop two or three hours out of Lyon. Yeah, I get that it's a little close, Josephine, but unfortunately, y'all's brilliance fucked up my plan to actually get my errand done, and now I'm sitting here with some very hot gold that needs to go to the post office to pay my debts so my family does not get summarily executed. So... We can leave Taylor's Junction just as fast as we're getting there, but we are going through it. For a cautious person, Ash, sometimes you go really stupid. But whatever. Taylor's Junction it is. I'm taking a nap. And I sit down in the back of the cart, pull my hat over my eyes, and cross my arms. Point taken, Josephine. Wish we were a better plan. Hey, uh, Clutch, you're awful quiet. Uh. How you doing back there, buddy? Honestly, just for the record, I um, I do agree with Josephine that Taylor's Junction is too close, but I just don't have the energy to argue, and I do want you to get your letter out. So, Taylor's Junction, if it's what has to happen, we'll deal with it. And... Cleaning myself up, I spit some acid into a long talon and drip it into my wound site to cauterize the area. And reaching into a very well-used jar close to the bottom, I slap a healing salve over top. And I lean back against a hay bale, intent on resting. All right, we're almost here. Done with these goddamn cornfields. Clutch, we gotta keep our shit together through this town, okay? I know you're hurt. I know we're not doing our best. But we gotta be in and out. Go have a drink. Go to what you want. Go babysit Josephine if you feel like we need to do it. But I'm going to the post office and let's get the hell out of here, okay? I nod at you. Patiently. Appreciate it, buddy. Oh, we're here. It's Taylor's Junction. Yeah, it's a real shithole, but it seems like that spot over there at least has some libations for us. Oh, perfect. Why don't we let Esh go take care of the package and we'll have a drink and get back into this horribly uncomfortable card. Clutch, except for the last thing, you read my mind. Ash, I don't care. Go run your errand. Bar, let's go, Clutch. I put my arm around Clutch's shoulders and start steering them in that direction. Please don't do anything too stupid. Also, I'll meet you at the bar afterwards. Bye, Ash. I say without turning around. Two of you head down the one street um, towards a building, again, painted a kind of grayish white. 
color. You guess the town is painted using some kind of local sediment. It's really one of the only like four noticeable buildings in the entire town. The town hall slash post office, the large warehouse slash junction, the bar of course, and next to you rising up a church. This thing is of solid, more better construction. You can see uh, the great glowing sun of the Dawnlord sign above the awning. You guys take a hard turn away from it and straight into the bar. Ash, you, I presume, walk over to the post office and enter? Still under the guise of a halfling, I stroll into the building and follow whatever signage leads me towards the post office side of it. You head into the post office and enter a small, slightly dilapidated room with white painted walls and white painted floors that creak as you walk towards the desk at the far end of the room. Behind it, you can see an open door leading to other rooms beyond it. And behind the desk sits a man, mid-forties, with somewhat of a belly, deep tan skin, and a close-cut beard. Hello! I'm Mayor Jerry, and I'm the postmaster slash mayor of the town. Good to see you. It's, uh, are you newer out here? Just passing through as it happens. I was uh, hoping to acquire your postal services. Oh. Is the cart gone out yet? Oh, you just, just got here in time. Uh, give me, give me a second. Bob, have you left? I'm trying to. You hear another voice scream from behind you. Well, hold on a second. We got another. Oh, come on. We've got another. All right, we better go quick. He gets really grumpy. Okay, okay. So I'm going to rush forward to the desk. I'm going to open up my bag, and I'm going to grab two paper-wrapped gold bars and hoist them above my head and onto the desk. Oh, my God. Are you sending bricks? Where's this going? Where's this going? He's going to put it quickly in a box and starting to uh, tie it up quickly with uh, some rope. Um, uh, 43A East Stilton Road in uh, Port Glory. Good God, to the Admiralty proper? To the Capitol? Sure is. <laughs> That's going to cost you. That's going to be $2.38. Totally fine. I whip out my wallet and hand him over the money. All right. Well, let, let me get this back to Bob. It's been, good, it, it's been good to meet you. He's going to take the package and hurry back into the back room. I wait there, waiting for him to return. He comes back. After a few minutes and a, a, fairy, a fairly terse discussion with Bob, who you can hear grumpily head out the door, slamming it behind him in the back. Uh, is there anything else I could help you with? So, uh, Mr. Mayor, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm passing through. I don't get to these parts very often. Any uh, local news or gossip that might be uh, important for a traveling man like me? I'm going to leave the change on the counter. Thank you. That's very generous, but I'm afraid I can't take your money. I don't have much to give you. I can say that uh, there's stuff going on in Hereford. A lot of unrest over there, I've been told. Uh, Is that so? Yeah, we hear it coming down the wires. Uh, We've got a new employee here. She runs the switchboards. We get all sorts of telegrams. Uh, She's out to lunch, um, so we haven't gotten any new ones But uh, today. Uh, But... Um, we know that there is some pretty crazy stuff going on over uh, in New Litchfield. You should definitely avoid the, the area. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm happy you have that newfangled technology all the way out here. Uh, 
it's great to see that uh, even out here in the colonies that, uh, you know, you're able to receive a wire and send a message quicker than post. I mean, hell, hope the post stays in business with all that new stuff floating around. Oh, wonders of magic. Am I right? Sure is. Thanks so much for your time. Of course. I'm going to stroll out the door. The other two, you open the double doors into the bar. The bar is cool and dark, unlike the blazing hot sun outside, with small little spindly tables uh, placed around a large open room in the bar to the left. There's only two people in here, a bartender, and all the way in the corner, a woman with red hair and a suspiciously red face. You, she says. She kicks the table away and draws her gun immediately. You are looking in the face of Sammy Red in the Face Johnson. You're you're sometimes ally and most of the time adversary. You haven't seen her in a few months, but she looks the same she always does. Her fair skin beat red just around her face with bright orange frizzy hair sticking out at odd angles. Sammy! Hey! Come on! You wouldn't, you wouldn't really shoot me. Not a step closer, Josephine. Oh, okay. okay. There is a huge bounty on your heads. Why shouldn't I just turn you in? Come on, Sammy. What we have... That's worth more than a little reward. A lot of a reward. What we have is worth more than a slightly larger than I originally thought reward. Come on, it's me. I mean, I could see you turning in Clutch, but would you really turn in Josephine Clearwater? She looks at you, Clutch, like she's maybe considering just turning you in. Rude. Fine. She says, holstering her gun and sitting back down. Bert, it's okay, you can come out. The harried-looking bartender sticks his head out from behind the bar. I told you to stop pulling your gun in here. And I told you to fuck off, Bert. Don Lord, save me. Sit down, sit down, come on. If you're going to come in here, you might as well talk. Oh, absolutely. Uh, What are you drinking, Sammy? Whiskey, straight, as always. Bert, two whiskeys. One for me, one for the lady. I strut up to Bert awkwardly. One milk punch, please. Don't worry about it, Bert. Be quiet, Bert. It's just your bar. He pours two whiskeys and what he claims is a milk punch. Hands the two whiskeys off to Josephine and the punch off to you, Clutch. I take the two whiskeys and slide a chair up. Maybe a little too close to Sammy. I lift the table up off the ground with my free hand, settling it back down, plop my drink on the table, pull up a chair. As I am uh, sipping confidently, I wind up chewing the curds of the drink unpleasantly instead. So, you guys are fucked, aren't you? Just as she waits for a reply, Esh, you walk in. I'm glad to find you all. Oh, Sammy, how's it going? Ash! She jumps up, pulls out her gun, and points it at you again. Come on. You three already have drinks in hand, but I'm going to pull up a chair. You're not going to shoot me. Come on. Yeah, okay. 
You will once again stow the pistol, sitting, settling back down to a drink. So, like I said, you guys are fucked, right? Sorry, I, I was, I was hired just a, a month or so ago. I run the switchboards here. I hear everything that comes down the line. I heard earlier that you guys just made an absolute mess in New Litchfield. You shot the governor 48 times, allegedly. I mean, okay, so what really happened? And yes, I knew it was you. Come on, how many how many times has a blue gnome, an incredibly weirdly tall woman with a gigantic feather? You forget, gorgeous. An incredibly gorgeous woman with a ridiculous feather in her outrageously sized hat. Uh, you mean fashionable feather? And a golden dragonborn just wander around together. Come on, it had to be you guys. So what happened? Yeah, What'd you do? We maybe uh, cleared out the governor's safe. No, 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 no. Uh, the details are not important. It seems like you know. Does everybody else in here know, or is it just no, you? No, no. God, no, 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 no. I went to lunch. I wasn't gonna. I mean, look, here's the thing. I hadn't decided if I was gonna sell you guys out yet, but if I did, I wanted to be the one to do it. <sighs> Well, well, I guess that's professional courtesy, isn't it? That's true friendship is what that is, and I try putting an arm around her shoulders. <laughs> she gives you a grumpy look before settling slightly closer. So you guys did it. You that well, we didn't kill him. He just he died all on his own. Honest. But you actually robbed him? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's how I paid for your drink. Yeah, we got, a, we got a little bit of a tip, you might say. Uh, some sources. All right, all right. Here's the thing, though. Governor Collins, who just happened to drop dead, according to you, as you were robbing him. Sure. Okay. Honest God truth? All 400 pounds of him, yeah. Whatever. But you guys have made an enemy of Bamford now. You know what he has? He has a fucking vampire assassin on his <laughs> staff. That's how All nobody right. gets away from him. Sammy, there's... Damn, Sammy. <laughs> That's funny. What? He does. You, you don't actually believe... That. Everyone jokes about the vampire assassin. I mean, no one, no one in, in the underbelly has any reports on him. Yeah, That's because he kills everyone they come into contact with. Or because he doesn't exist. How would you employ a vampire, Sammy? What's he going to pay a vampire with? What's he going to control a vampire with? Yeah, does he pay him in more blood? That's ridiculous. Not so ridiculous. Well, I get it. You know that it's us. But the problem is here, we would like to leave. We'd like to leave town. <sighs> all right, all right. I hear you as a professional courtesy. I'll give you... 12 hours before I mentioned that I saw you. Yeah. Much appreciated. Generous. Should give us enough time to have dinner, maybe, before we leave? Fine. Maybe. That's the spirit. Man, Sammy, I can't believe you've gone legit. I mean, I'm happy to run into you, but is this really the life you're going to lead? I mean, it's not bad. I get paid quite a bit. There's not many people that can do what I do. Uh, plus, I make a little bit on the side. 
I work for these two called the Bryants. They're pretty serious shit. They held up their own goddamn wedding reception. Nice. But, but they're very profitable. But I like to keep them at arm's length. I don't do too much. Because guess what? This on the real down low, but they work for the Duchess. Oh. Sammy. Holy shit. I and know. you're you're telling us to stay away from Bamford's vampire assassin, but you're working for people who work for her? Well, I really like I said I keep things very separated and I'm really only a, I really only am, I'm a tipper, right? I just give them a few tips here or there. It's nothing serious. Yeah, well, but- the th- not that I'm looking out for you necessarily, but the tip that they're going to give you is going to come on the end of a very sharp blade. We both know the Duchess is dirty, and unlike the vampire, we actually know exactly what she does. Yeah, we'll just kill people. Frequently. Now, are you, what, you're, you're passing on information for the wire from them? You're just giving them, like, standard gossip? How, what, what's the gig? Oh, no, no, no. Well, whenever something, like, really valuable comes down the line in the mail cart, uh, I always let them know. There was something just today. There was some kind of priceless family artifact that I just, so, you know, low-key, they may be hitting the mail cart any minute. Uh, what's that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mail cart? Yeah, mail cart. You... So if I, say, maybe went to the post office immediately before coming here to mail something very valuable... Would you have tipped them off to maybe have, I don't know, broken into that mail cart? Oh, well, I already tipped them off for something else, so they're, oh, they're going to get yours just by happenstance. Guys, all right. Playtime's over. Let's get the horses. We got to leave. May the road go on forever, and may the horizon never come. Most Crowded Quest is Peter Howell as the Dungeon Master, Seal Giordano as Clutch, Bailey Paw as Josephine Clearwater, and Bjorn Peterson as Eshthamari Hemelwell. Campaign and world design by Peter Howell and Bailey Paw. Score and main themes by Bailey Paw, with additional music by Peter Howell and Bjorn Peterson. Project management by Seal Giordano. Editing and production and graphics by Bjorn Peterson. Opening narration by Jay Peterson. If you want to support the project, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Crowded Quest. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform where you can support creators with monthly donations at a range of different levels. Hell, maybe we'll even make some tote bags like the old public radio days. We have a wonderful array of Patreon rewards from adventure packs and dungeon master advice to blog posts and live play sessions, and even a few extra special slots where you can have us fully score your own D&D campaign. And the more support we get, the more bonus rewards we can provide. Plus, you can join the ranks of people like Mary E. Bryant, Ian Howell, Maggie, Cooper Smallage, Scott Howell, Katie Taylor, Jay Peterson, Jeff Holland, Benjamin Miller, Marissa Fisher, and Stephen Salois, and get your name mentioned at the end of the show. 